Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nakubo in Brief. I'm Brian Dixon, Nakubo's Director of Student Financial Services and Educational Programs, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by a colleague and a friend, Chris Cook. Chris is the Executive Director of the Office of Student Accounts at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Brian. Um, Really appreciate it. Um, I feel like uh, my experience uh, at the University of Southern Mississippi for roughly 10 years and then Vanderbilt University for the last nine years, uh, I, I feel like I've got a lot of information to share and uh, very appreciative when you asked me to uh, contribute to these things. Great. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you here. So let's just let's jump right in. Uh, we are here today to talk about cashless campuses, right? Uh, cashless colleges and universities, what that looks like. Uh, why a school might consider this, and and you're here today because, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Vanderbilt has done this. Um, so so tell me, uh, Chris, when when did Vanderbilt University decide uh, to go cashless, and and why? I mean, what what was the problem you were trying to solve here? Roughly three years ago. We, we, my supervisor, I reported to the um, Office of Finance at the time. So the controller and I were having a discussion about the, the current state of the office and the future of the office and what that office looked like. And, and we decided we were going to do a full, a full on review of our uh, student account office and the employees and the staff members and their roles and their responsibilities to see, you know, what changes might, you know, might be available for us and, you know, what we may be able to do to, um, to improve our services to our student population. Well, during that, um, during that review process, one of the things that we discovered were, um, some, some trends over time, primarily that the number of online payments that we were receiving were increasing dramatically year over year. And then, of course, since those are increasing, you know, the, the downside of that is uh, something's decreasing. And that was the checks and the and the cash, primarily the cash. The, we were still receiving a number of checks at the time, but we were able to um, identify over the last, uh, again, this was about three years ago. So we went back and did about a five-year analysis and we were able to show that the amount of cash balances or payments that we were taking in were, were decreasing, you know, dramatically. So... As I said before, we were we were essentially reviewing our office structure to determine what to determine what changes um, you know were needed to be um, for our staff roles to be made to better suit the needs of our student and parent and staff and payer populations. Essentially, it was myself and the controller uh, that brought this to light. Um, again, I worked directly with the controller at that time. I reported directly to the controller. I still have a strong relationship and work. Uh, closely with the controller uh, and the entire finance team. But um, as far as who's driving that issue or who drove that issue, uh, that that's primarily who it was. It was um, it was a strong partnership between the Office of Student Accounts and the controller's office. Definitely a team effort, not something that I could have done alone. You know, you mentioned that the, the changing kind of patterns in, in these payments and, and 
I, I guess that's not, you know, not a surprise why you looked into this as you think about all the different different ways. I mean, we're we're well past the point, right, where um, uh, electronic fund transfers to someone's checking account is kind of the cutting edge technology. Um, Ten years ago, that would have been a, a pretty uh, a aggressive move to be in that camp, but now with all these new technologies and apps. Um, that's, that's something, uh, that's definitely something there, but going, going cashless, I mean, that's, and, and for an institution, the size of, 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 of Vanderbilt, I mean, that's a huge pivot. And I'm, I'm sure you knew that there was going to be, uh, some, some backlash pushback. Can you, can you talk about that for a moment? What, what, if any kind of pushback was there to, to saying we're not dealing with cash anymore? And I'll kind of go back to, um, I mentioned briefly that, um, you know, in, at the start of this, that um, I had originally come uh, from the University of Southern Mississippi. And even back then, as an assistant bursar there, I always had this idea that um, that cash, you know, just was was kind of unnecessary. You know, like, why are we still taking cash? You know, we're seeing less and less of it. And, and so I've long believed that it would be a good move, but I, I never was really able to draw or garner enough support for it. So. When we came up with uh, this review process and we were able to identify these um, these changes and trends, you know, I was finally able to able to uh, garner enough support uh, because of the the details that that just no longer could be ignored. Yes, I, I fully expected pushback, and and not just from our external, you know, parent and payer and student sources, but but both internally too, right? Because the majority of our um, counterparts out there, we we take internal deposits from you know our departments, and and we have a a method for getting those funds to the bank. So so it's not just external; it's it's internal also. So we were we were pretty prepared for that. Uh, the the best thing I could say there is that um, I, we needed to have communication ready uh, for us when we made that decision. Uh, basically to explain why this was a benefit, not just for the Office of Student Accounts and for Vanderbilt, but why it was a benefit to, for all the parties, both our internal departments and our student and parent populations. While we did have a fair amount of pushback initially from our internal departments, I will say this, it was very short-lived. Really? Yeah, it was very short-lived. There was a little bit of pushback initially. But it was short lived because everyone apparently, you know, once they once they realized what we were doing and they realized how beneficial this was going to be, um, and they realized that we had the support of our administration and the the administration was behind us and was fully supportive of this, uh, they adopted the new processes fairly quickly. Again, like I said, a lot of it had to do with the support from the administrators because we did spend a pretty good a pretty good bit of time or a fair amount of time selling this uh, to them before we pushed it out. Now, I will say this also with regards to the students and the payers, this was more or less a non-issue. Uh, I fully expected to have, you know, a number of phone calls, you know, maybe once a week, maybe four or five a month. I, 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 I wasn't prepared, but I, I was fully expecting, you know, complaints from our parents um, and our students and our payers. I just, I was prepared for that conversation. You know, how can you um, how can you not take the currency that's backed by our federal government? But it never happened. A couple of times we may have gotten questions. Oh, so you're no longer doing this. No, we're not doing it anymore. And here's the reasons. And every time the answer was, okay. 
and they would just go along with it. It legitimately was a non-issue with regards to the to the um, to our students and parents. That's fascinating, um, and and I, I guess I, I would say congratulations because I you know you hear a lot of conversations and a lot of folks are talking about cashless, and this isn't unique to higher education. You know, stores and 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 restaurants and and you know how how could you not accept cash and and who's you know who who might be inclined to use cash and you know i think even here in washington there was a big stir up about a local fast casual chain a salad place and they they weren't going to take cash and and there was a lot of pushback um not just from their their uh, customers but from the the broader community so thinking about different populations who who and their their banking situations and and even aside from their banking situations what you know I'm sure there were situations at Vanderbilt, though, where you absolutely, you know, might have to take cash. Um, are you 100% cashless? I think about, um, y- you know, you mentioned various departments. Obviously, Vanderbilt has um, a pretty robust athletic department. Is it is it 100% no cash? And what do you do in those situations where someone's like, all I have is cash? We... When I say we, I'm going to talk about um, the Office of Student Accounts singularly right now. The Office of Student Accounts does not take cash at all. We are 100% cashless. We do not have a cashier's office. We don't have a vault. We don't have an armored service to come by anymore. We have completely eliminated cash within the Office of Student Accounts. It was a hard stop for us. Even our, um, when I said uh, our armored service, you know, we, we canceled the armored service. We, we completely eliminated that. We don't need them to pick up cash when we said that. So we, we ordered a check scanner. So we, we scan all of our checks in, in-house now. So, again, no cash taken at all in my area. There are, however, a few areas on campus that still, that still take cash. Our ticket office, athletics, you know, you've, you've got your, um, your concessions and and things like that at your athletic events, clearly they're going to take cash. Now, I think the majority of them are moving towards more of a um, mobile pay and, and they're trying to steer people into paying, you know, contactless uh, pay. But there, there are times where cash is still accepted on campus for athletics uh, or athletic events. Parking, uh, parking fines. I think our transportation department still takes some cash. I think there's still a handful of metered parking spaces where they drop change in. The, the change that was made there though is they don't bring their deposits to us. So we no longer have a vault. We don't collect those funds for them. We don't make that deposit for them. They make their deposits themselves. Like I said, we just have them take them directly to the bank. I know that may not be conducive to all universities or all institutions, but at a place like Vanderbilt, where we're right in the middle of Nashville, we're, we're right in the middle of Midtown, and we have multiple bank locations all around us. It's it's easier. Sometimes it's quicker and closer for a department like athletics to go to the bank across the street than to come all the way across campus to bring it to me. So yeah, that's um that's that's really the only exception that I can think of. We do we used to have a student or two that occasionally would show up with cash, and in those instances, we would just suggest, hey, we just don't do this anymore. But we're going to have a seat. Um, we'll bring in, uh, we'll, we'll contact VUPD. We'll have an escort come over and take, your, take you down to the local bank branch and you can get a cashier's check. So the police will escort them to the bank to get a cashier's check. 
Yes, absolutely. If necessary. Um, Great. In the three years we've done this, I think that's happened one time. But it's, it's, it's a good option. So, and you were saying that before all of this, your office kind of was like the central, using air quotes here, the bank for the campus and everything, not just students making payments, but everything was coming through your office. So that was that was a lot of cash. Yeah, it was a lot of cash and checks. We took in uh, we took in everything, but yeah, we housed everything for them as a central location, and it had an armored pickup daily, which has since been eliminated. Okay, then you've been doing this for a while now. You're kind of hitting your stride. Uh, I was wondering if you could share some of some of those benefits that you're seeing now that you're into this for some time. Um, I mean, again, these benefits could be seen elsewhere outside of higher education. But from your perspective, what are, what are some of these benefits um, that the institution is, is realizing with this change? I'll start by saying that by no means is this a one-size-fits-all model. Uh, I'm, we're fully aware of that. Um, my suggestion is to any school or, or any agency or any company that is looking to do something of this to do a full-on review like we did, make a list of pros and cons, you know, make make the determination yourself. However, there have definitely been benefits to this change for us. For starters, just the improved safety and reduced risk. The the reduced risk of theft or robbery uh, for both not not just students, not just those individuals that are bringing you know deposits to us, whether it be students or departments. But for my staff, we no longer house cash, and it's a it's a known fact. There is no cash on the, in this building. There's no armored service that shows up on a daily basis. We just don't have cash. So we fully removed that risk of theft and robbery. Health risks, uh, the health risks associated with just handling currency in, a, in the current COVID world. Uh, I'd, I'd like to say post-COVID world, but I don't believe it's over yet. So, you know, the, just in this current world, we, we don't have to touch that paper. We don't have to touch those coins, not knowing where it's been or who's touched it or whether it's been contaminated. It's just... The health risk is there. You know, the, the health risk has been essentially removed. Improved staff efficiency. We did a major overhaul of our office restructure. Again, Going Castles was a part of that restructure or it, and it resulted from the review of that restructure, but it gave us the ability to do a major overhaul within our office structure and change a number of roles and responsibilities um, due to the changes made by Going Cashless. It increased the use of self-service payment methods, meaning it meant more time for my team to spend on other items, uh, including customer service. They could actually spend more time answering questions as opposed to just payment processing. There's uh, the financial benefit. The, the financial benefit was uh, key to finance, You know, whether it's uh, a huge uh, savings or whether it's a minor, any savings is, is good, right? But Again, I've mentioned this multiple times. We eliminated an armored service. We we had an armored service that came by every day. We eliminated that. That's no longer an expense associated with my department. Um, we increased uh, interest revenue for our due to our daily deposits. Now we have a check scanner because we don't we don't have the armored service. We're able to scan all checks in. They're deposited. More students are paying online. Those funds are hitting the bank account sooner. We're collecting more money. There's more interest earned each day. 
or small things like the elimination of losses due to uh, counterfeit currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could call this small if, if you want to, but I, I absolutely despised having to fill out the form 8300 for cash for, you know, cash collections. We don't have to do that anymore. I, I mean, that's just a huge time saving and, and a reduced risk of error on our part. So there's a number of, there's a number of benefits that you can think of. So if I had to summarize, I might just say faster, cheaper, safer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A couple of other things that I would also say um, about when making a decision to go cashless, uh, your staff size could change. You know, and, and this might even mean position elimination. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But when you start doing a full-on office review and you're looking at different roles and what's needed, when you remove something as great as, as you know, taking in cash and having an actual on-hand cashier full time, you're going to have to repurpose that role because you're, you're taking away a lot of those duties. Uh, we ultimately did wind up reducing our staff size once all of our changes were enacted, but it was definitely for the better. Um, and I wouldn't say that it was as a direct result of going cashless. I would say cashless was a direct result of the uh, actual change there. Um, office layouts, they'll need to be readdressed. If you're currently taking cash and potentially eliminating departmental deposit drop-off or armor service pickup, you very likely won't need a vault anymore. Um, if your staff sizes changes, you're going to wind up with more real estate than you actually need. We did. We found out that. And what it wound up allowing us to do was move, fo- uh, move physical locations. We are now located in the same building on the same floor with our financial aid office. And we found that this has been a great improvement to customer service. Our students absolutely love the fact that we're located in the same place now. Yeah, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, as we're as we're getting close to the end of our time here, um, you had mentioned students, and and again, um, I know we touched on this, but some of those those challenges, right? Because every student's different, every campus is different. But you know what you all did at Vanderbilt, you know, some of those challenges, again, with educating students and families, addressing the um, uh, unbanked and underbanked students, and you kind of touched on that, you know, the international students, and even privacy concerns with going cashless. Um, And and I know we don't have a ton of time, but if you could just briefly hit on maybe a few of those, just because I mean, Higher education, you know, is in the is is in this to educate students and make sure that these students are um, successful in completing. So, uh, I wonder if you could speak to any of those. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, we we relatively had um, or virtually had uh, no issues with our students as far as complaints go. But we we do understand that there's some underbanked or um, or unbanked or international student populations that may not have access to be able to pay online. And again, I mentioned earlier about, you know, if they do show up with cash, we, we sit them down and we'll, we'll call for a, um, you know, a police officer to escort them. Again, they may not be available for everybody. Pay cards are always an option. We, we try to um, suggest different things. And, but in the end, one of the things that we've found has been hugely beneficial for them is we, when we suggest they contact one of our institutional banking partners. For instance, the Vanderbilt University Credit Union. Most institutions have a credit union they're a partner with, and most all of them offer a no, you know, no cost student account. We worked with our credit union beforehand, and they said, "Yeah, absolutely, we'll make sure they have an account." So, those those are just a couple of items. As folks are thinking about this, whether they're employed at a college and university or university, or they, you know, they run a, a sandwich shop down on the corner, it's it's really about, as you said. Uh, 
kind of weighing the pros and cons, recognizing that this might not be for every organization, every business, um, and just kind of thinking it through. And uh, I think you've stressed many times, communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, so before we wrap up, um, any any final thoughts from you on this, Chris? Uh, I mean, you pretty much uh, wrapped that up, but uh, yeah, do your research before you push the issue, you know, um, review your historical trends, provide data for support, uh, identify your campus partners that can help you with this initiative and reach out for assistance. I, again, I said this at the beginning, I couldn't have done this alone. Um, my campus partners here at Vanderbilt allowed me the ability to, to make this change. Communications key. Um, communicate with the students, parents, campus partners uh, often. Um, keep them updated as things move along in the process. Leverage the current global situation, uh, lower cash payments, fewer in-person transactions, campuses closed, etc. Um, and last but not least, rip the Band-Aid off. Don't drag your feet. Do it. It's been extremely beneficial for Vanderbilt, uh, and I believe it will be for you as well. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to end with that. Um, and uh, I just again, I want to thank you, uh, Chris, for joining us. This has been really informative. This was a lot of fun and uh, hope to have you back on the podcast soon. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Anytime. Anytime.